2: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, closing down our challenge preseason shows because it starts April 1st, just like the Fantasy League. That is free to join in the description of this video and podcast. If you want something to watch on TV, even if you've never seen the challenge, there is a free fantasy game so you can watch it and play in a fantasy league. Seems like a pretty good way to kill time these days, I'm not going to lie to you. But... You can also catch up on the full season preview I did with Rob McIntyre and the best of the challenge. We ranked a lot of things, the top threes, craziest competitor, best eliminations, all that fun stuff. You can find in the description of this video and podcast if you want to go back and catch up on some challenge talk. But today there's a lot of new people on the show, so we need to go to the source, the guy who's breaking all of this down. And it is the person who I think puts the most time in to challenge coverage, at least these days. It's Alan Aguirre. What's going on, my man?
1: Hey there. Just quarantining, uh, posting a lot of memes, watching a lot of Simpsons, so that way I can come up with a tweet to get the satisfaction of getting 12 likes on it. That's, uh, that's where my life's at right now.
2: So... It's funny. I, I, I've been reading your profiles and checking out your coverage. I'm going to include the link to Alan's coverage on Medium in the description of this video and podcast as well if you want to go and check out all the expansive coverage he's been doing. You remind me of me. When I was 24, I started basically doing the same thing, but it wasn't on Medium. It was on Blogspot, and it was about football and not the challenge, but constant posts every single day, in-depth stuff. And that's what You're, you're absolutely killing it right now. This is like your prime time
1: yeah you know i started doing this like three years ago uh i was writing about basketball and nobody was reading anything about it and it was just getting me like really like depressed because i would put all this work into an article and then like 12 people would read it and like five of them are my best friends (laughs) so then i just started writing about the challenge because i had been binge watching it a ton and i did player previews then and i've been doing them i did them for dirty 30 invasion vendettas final reckoning final reckoning is when i like started doing them really well because i had like i've been doing like infographics (laughs) like like baseball cards on the players and then over time i just got really burnt out and this is the first season in a while that i've done these player previews like over and over daily again but my following is a bit bigger now so people are seeing it on social media more uh than they used to like a couple years ago so Overall, it's been really fun to write them. In, in all honesty, they are the easiest articles to write for me because they're just straight analysis. Uh, I do a lot of top tens, and because of that, like, I have to get really creative with my top ten lists <laughs>
2: Eventually, there becomes a point where you're trying to like search for things to write about. Uh, And if it's not there to write about, sometimes it's just good to take a pass on it. But I mean, these are a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed reading them. And I actually found a lot of your content uh, when I was because I stay completely spoiler free throughout this entire thing. So even if I like dip my toe into the water of challenge Reddit. Yeah, you know, I want to make sure that it's gonna be a spoiler-free thing, but you are the only one who has like articles up there to read. I was like, this is great. I'm just gonna scroll through all of these. So that's how I ended up finding all of your work. And then as it turns out, like you're making brackets for the challenge mania guys. How did that come about?
1: Back on Dirty30, I wrote a profile on Derek. <laughs> and Derek saw it and he was like, How did this guy like describe my entire life? And he's 21 years old or like I think I was maybe 20 still then. And they like, he doesn't even know me. And so when, once they started up the podcast, really early on, they're like, hey, uh, could c- you come on the podcast? Like we don't, because that was when they really didn't have like many guests yet. And so they let me be like the stat guy, throwing some stats around. And yeah, it, that's, it, it really helped me get a lot of exposure. Uh, back then, my like Twitter at was at Fabrizio Fresh, And then <laughs> Scott, Scott literally told me like, hey, man, uh, you got like 200 Twitter followers here. Maybe go with something more official. I, I know you like this name, but maybe change it to something where people will follow you. And that's how I came up with at the <laughs>
2: I mean, that that actually works out well. My producer, Paul, who is Paul Shaughnessy, who hosts, and if people are looking for challenge recap shows, Paul and I will have the challenge recap show like we have every year for like the past five years. So even if you're new to the challenge and want to check all of this out, you know, you got someone, you got friends to come discuss it with afterwards and we're, we're no holds barred. We don't really care what happens, but you mentioned the challenge mania podcast, Derek and Scott, both been guests on the show. Scott just comes on to talk like movies half the time. And, you know, I'll go on with him and talk about Tiger King, that entire. <laughs> so we have, we have a lot of common interest when it comes to that but when you were doing the bracket you can go to the challenge mania page or even scott's twitter handle where you can still vote on this i believe it's still going on right now they're in the semis or the finals by the time this ends up coming out but you filled out a men's bracket and a women's bracket 64 players how long did it take you to put that together
1: it's pretty quick honestly uh, <laughs> i just got on discord with my friend who is like my challenge stack guy where he's, like, my friend who loves your show, he knows the challenge almost as well as I do. He doesn't have any desire to write about it. But when there's little details that I forget, I ask him, like, hey, did this happen? And he'll just, like, fill me in on that type of stuff. And we got on Discord, and we just literally created the brackets, like, all right, who's a one seed? Who's a two seed? Who's a three seed? And so on. And then uh, once we got to, like, the four seed, we had to go backwards and be like, all right, now who is definitely a 16 seed? And then it's when you meet in the middle that it becomes difficult. Uh, it, It was fun. Creating the bracket because I'm a huge March Madness guy. Uh, I even wrote an article on like a March Madness bracket type thing once. And to me, I was like, "Can we put Georgia as a three seed?" And he's like, "Why? Why would you put Georgia as a three seed?" I'm like, "I just, I just want to, I just want to spice things up. I want to make people kind of like weird out by some of these new players getting higher seeds." And I think I gave Theo a four seed, and someone was like, "How? how in what world could Theo be ranked higher than Brad?" And to me, it was like, well, in two seasons, I've maybe seen more from Theo than I saw in Brad in his like, first two seasons ever. And if you just like, base it on potential and stuff like that, then you rank someone like that really highly. And then people are like, oh, if it's elimination-based, why is Banana ranked number one? It's like, Bananas is Duke. He's number one, and you want to watch him lose.
2: I mean, I, I don't want to watch Bananas lose. I, I know people on the <laughs> I know everyone hates Johnny Bananas, but, I mean, wi- without him... It's funny, like, I know he's been knocked out uh, early in the past few seasons, but, like, he is the show. He's, like, he has people who like him, he has people who hate his guts, but without him, the show's not the same.
1: Oh, no, yeah, he, I, I love watching Johnny Bananas lose late in the season. I, like, I want him to be on the show as long as possible. I mean, he creates stars by beating him. It's when he goes out early that it just, you know, it falls flat.
2: Well, I mean, you don't want to see him last too long if you root against him, because if he ends up making the finals, chances yeah. are he's going to win. Yeah. so when you guys broke it all down uh in the bracket who did you have ended up because i'm going to do a breakdown of the female bracket and the male bracket at some point in the future you know when we're all on quarantine life uh, and there's no sports going on i need something to do shows about so that's probably two shows all in one uh they'll be coming up in the future but who like There's two sleepers in each bracket. I'm curious to see when I actually fill it out and go through with it. One for me in the male side was Frank from Vegas, and on the female side was just Cook. And I know Cook's going to have a low seed, but I I could see her going to the final four for me.
1: Yeah, you know, that was one of the interesting things where I think we forgot Cook when we were making the bracket itself. We actually did all the seeding, and it was one of those moments where like, oh, no, we forgot the girl that did one season, and it was super awesome. And we kind of had to put her in an eighth spot just because we forgot her and we dropped someone down and then someone got knocked off the list. Had I ranked Cook, I probably would have put her in like a five or six seed. Uh, I, it's tough because these come down to fan votes and, you know, it's who the fans like remember as being awesome. And then you also have to remember it's it's the they include it's the prime of their career. So, you know, if you look at Cara Maria's whole career, she's not as good as some of the other dominant competitors but her prime is really awesome when she's like on bloodlines dirty 30 vendettas that that car was like like she was jacked uh it's really tough sometimes with the challenge uh when you just try to compare two competitors, competitors head to head and there's no there's no visual of it
2: yeah, and you get into a situation where if this is, like, one-on-one elimination-based, then you're going to get the people talking around—I mean, first of all, you mentioned this is a fan vote, so the most popular people are just going to win. Uh, and then you have, well, what if, you know, what if it was Hall Brawl between CT and Jordan? Well, CT would win, obviously. If it's almost anything else, Jordan's probably going to win, isn't
1: he? Yeah, I mean, or, or I mean, a poll Russell. I mean, the guy has—he doesn't have all the fingers on one <laughs> hand, so— you know, only having one arm in a pole wrestle, that's a huge disadvantage. Yet Jordan has like the second best elimination record all time for males. So he's found ways around it. It's tough.
2: Who who has the best elimination record as male? Is it Nelson?
1: So I like to do, like when I talk about elimination records, I like to break it down. as like who hit a certain milestone, like the quickest. And West went 8-0. And to me, that makes him, the best all time even though his record is 14 and six now the fact that at any point in time he was eight and oh makes him the best Jordan went seven and one and then Nelson went like I think six one and one so those are like the three best in my opinion because eliminations are so 50 50 just the concept of being eight and oh is so like insane (laughs) uh
2: it, is, it the, the the problem with the elimination record i mean wes is a lot he piled up a lot of those on fresh meat when he was doing the exiles with casey and just they knew how to do it and just kept yeah. beating everyone and they had the advantage of having the light backpack as well where everyone else yeah. didn't so there's certain circumstances too like nelson has a good eliminate ra- el- elimination record but i feel like his quality of opponent defeated is not high
1: yeah he he does have good elimination type wins where he's competing in good elim- like he did the 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 race to the bell one. I like think that's an impressive win in my opinion. Uh he also had the elimination with Hunter where they're on each other's backs. That's a that's a quality win. I mean it's not like he has like bad elimination wins either like where Wes is as you mentioned, he had all those advantages. Uh Jordan has impressive wins too. He had the two sledgehammer ones. Uh he had the one against Josh which was Crazy to watch last season, you know, when you look at those quality wins, it it really throws everything out of whack. And then I, I mentioned this on Scott's podcast, but purges have also like inflated elimination stats in recent years where being able to be purged keeps your elimination record clean.
2: Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that, that's true. Like, even on Dirty 30 or Vendettas, like, when you got sent to the Exile house, like, you could just be voted in there and never actually lose an elimination to be off the show, which sucks, which is really stupid, by the way.
1: Yeah, I, I don't like when the producers try to do too much. I think simplicity is where the show does well. And I really liked War of the Worlds 1 because the format was really well thought out. And I hated Final Reckoning because it kind of seemed like they were making things up on the fly.
2: It seemed like they were making things up on the fly to screw over Johnny bananas and Tony.
1: You know, yes and no. I thought the final twist where they let all four teams compete in a redemption randomly, that was just kind of out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, um, there, But yeah, there are twists like that. I mean, on dirty 30, I mentioned it in Corey's profile, like production has pretty obviously tried to help Corey on some seasons. And it still hasn't worked out for him. Um, like they let him compete in a redemption where it was just two people. <laughs> right. he still couldn't get it.
2: Well, I mean, Corey's a tough go. As yeah. we talked about before the show, great challenge fantasy player, not a great real life challenger. Like it, <laughs> it, it's funny. Like if it was me and I was on these seasons, I mean, not that I would make the final on anything, but if I had my choice, like, he's almost a layup that you would want to bring to the finals with you. Isn't he?
1: Oh, definitely. Uh, I made that list of like people who could win. And Corey in the daily challenges, he's not a bad competitor. And you look at his elimination record. He's, he's not that bad in like the little one-on-one type stuff because he is an athlete. It's just, you know, he doesn't have the cardio to run a final. He mentally can't do any puzzles. He can't eat. He's not a great swimmer. So why would, like, he has no chance at, at winning.
2: Yeah, and he has that, and I forget which one, it wasn't Bloodlines, maybe it was the one that CT ended up winning, Invasion, I think he was in the finals of that one with him and Nelson, like, his wonky knee, like, basically hold, his his knee problems prevent him from winning anything that lasts over, like, 100 meters.
1: Yeah, the funniest part about Rivals 3 was, like, he ruined Nicole and Camilla's chances of winning, and then at the end of the final, uh, he, he says, like, oh my god, I had the worst partner on each day. Like, no dude, that was you! <laughs> And and when he finishes, he's like, hey, TJ, guess what? I didn't quit. I'm like, dude, weren't you all season talking about how you want to become the champion and you're here to win? Now you're just happy about not quitting? (laughs) Yeah, it's
2: funny. I get why you would want to build him up because Corey rules. Like, he's great TV. Women love him and just want to hook up with him at every turn. That's his essential role on this show. He's a good interview because he's like, he and Nelson are both in that camp of that they're dumb, but they're like, kind of aware that they're dumb so they lean into it a little bit more which is fascinating and now Corey has like two baby mama mamas he's on teen mom like he's a very easy guy to build up because he's super likable as well but just, he can't get it done when it comes to competition
1: no nelson and Corey are like the rob johnson and doug flutie of the challenge <laughs> where nelson is doug flutie and like you watch him on the bills and he's getting these wins and he's putting in all the work but at the end of the day mtv wants to put Corey on the billboard Because he has that look and he has that charisma and he just has what Nelson doesn't have. But one of them is obviously the better player. And if Corey was putting out what Nelson is doing, they would treat him like a golden God.
2: Yeah, that that's actually true. And it's funny, like when I was constructing my fantasy team for this year, I think I went with, I think I have Corey on it. But that's for reasons that are beside the point because there's someone yeah. else. Well, I, I told you, I, I need to have Melissa on my team because Melissa is my absolute favorite person. And while I don't spoil myself, I do know th- via Instagram that she's about to have birth to a baby. So she's like... 36 weeks pregnant, 35 weeks pregnant. So there's a chance that she gets pregnant on this show, which means there's only one person that put that baby in her. And it's probably Corey. <laughs> and if that's the case, we see it.
1: Teen Mom UK, coming soon.
2: That's a, you, got, you got to branch out. That's the move these days. But I do want you to talk to me a little bit about some of these new people because I'm trying to figure out how to fill out the back end of my roster for the fantasy game. So the first person up, I have casey i think she's from big brother uh rob who does all the scoring for this and again you can play in the fantasy league uh up till showtime start uh on april 1st so i believe it's 8 p.m i think it's head to head with survivor for whatever reason but till 8 p.m eastern time april 1st that is wednesday hit the description of this video or podcast you can find the link to join my league or you can just create your own league with friends on fantasizer but you have until then to submit your teams uh again completely free to play so she's 180 dollars in this and you have six people to pick a budget of a thousand dollars, like DraftKings style. Um, she's the highest priced of all the new people. And she looks fucking ferocious. Uh, I, I really want to get her on my team, but I don't know if I can afford her. Would you be taking her
1: from a competitive standpoint? I would take her because you know, she's going to be there near the end. Uh, phys- I mean, she was a college. I mean, I, was, I don't know if she played any college board, but she's a professional women's football player. And she's in ridiculous shape. She's, she's ripped like crazy. I met her in like Challenge Media Las Vegas. And the girl has like no fat on her body. She's just a big thing of like lean muscle. And she, can, she will devour the competitors. And on Big Brother, she was really good at the mental competitions too. She dominated those. So she's strong and she's smart mentally. And she's not gonna rock the boat. The problem with Casey is that she's just kind of boring. And if you're looking for someone to get you those entertainment points, that's not your person.
2: Yeah. Uh, Like looking back at the new people over the past few seasons, like for example, although Georgia hasn't won anything, she scores fantasy points every single week.
1: She's hooking up with
2: Bear. She's crying. She's throwing a fit like Josh, also a very good fantasy scorer.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I would, I wouldn't take Casey personally. If she was like maybe $30 less, I would, take her because she's going to be there at the end just physically i can't imagine people going for her especially because she keeps chill vibes too uh yeah she's not rocking the boat so i wouldn't with, I, I wouldn't take her though
2: yeah like she's 180 jenny british jenny who lost a tory last year in a hall brawls, ten dollars more at least she's but now that she has like a c i always like to target the people like on season two it's hard to take a rookie that you don't know much about but like physically she should be the most dominant person on the show i still can't really figure out how she lost to tori like it's like she didn't want to hurt her so she ended up being the one who got run over because tori didn't give a shit she just tried to kill her uh and ended up winning because but i think in year two she's gonna have more of a killer mentality and just i don't see what she's bad at is the thing and maybe she will start hooking up who knows
1: yeah that that moment where she got like knocked out by tori it was like uh it was like a center who's like a person who's been like 6'10 their whole life and has always been the center and been eight inches taller than everyone it's the first time they go up against someone else who's six foot eight and they just don't know what to do
2: <laughs> <laughs> i always attributed it to like where she's british and Tori's american that maybe there's just like a football mentality in americans that the uk people just don't get where you put your head down and you run someone the fuck over
1: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs>
2: so or you just don't want to like hurt a friend and Tori is like no i want to win a million bucks let's go here uh next one up is Fessy. He's $140. I have no idea what to make of this guy.
1: I'm taking him. Uh, you got to take Fessy. In terms of like of all the rookies who have like the, like he's the only one with the potential to win this season. He was, he's six foot five, 240 pounds, runs a four seven eight forty. Uh He was a, he went to university of Tennessee, Chattanooga, which is an FCS school, but he was a two time FCS first team, all American.
2: Hold on. Is, is that the same school Tio went to?
1: I think it was. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, so good, good pedigree. Fessy and TO challenge veterans.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, the guy, the guy should have made the NFL, but his last year, uh, he popped his, he, I think he's tore his ACL joint. And then he had a pro day two years later where he was impressive, but no one picked him up. I, I'm not saying he would have been a good NFL player, but he at least would have been on a practice squad with his like, with his size hands and coordination
2: what's he, f- a, he like what what's he from like what show is he from
1: he's from big brother and he's known as like one of the dumbest big brother players of all time
2: okay so that's not a um, good thing but like well, ha- do you do you just get zach vibes from him because like rostering zach's never good because he doesn't do anything although he has funny commentary now but for years he would just like go to the final and lose
1: here's the thing about Fuzzy: he was dumb because he was gullible and nice and in a game like Big Brother, you could trick a person and just vote them out. And the challenge, if you trick Fessy and he goes into elimination and it's a hall brawl, he's just wiping the other person out.
2: See, that makes a lot of sense. I, I can probably get behind that. So Fessy at 140 is not bad. Is he like, do you think he's the best of like all of the new guys by far?
1: Yeah, he's also book smart. That's what's also like important to know. So I called him dumb. But if you look into his academic records, the guy won like the commissioner's medal in college was academic all-american honor roll in high school was his high school basketball league mvp if you look on his instagram he's doing between the leg dunks on a 10-foot rim (laughs) uh there was a big brother endurance competition where you have to run up and down like an oiled up surface and you have to carry a liquid from one jar to another and this competition is supposed to take an hour you put a six foot five 240 guy pound like 240 pound guy on that surface and they're gonna fall every time. Fessy never fell once <laughs> and he finished it in 15 minutes. Like this competition was supposed to take an hour. So not only is he huge, but he's coordinated as well. And when you think of like CT where he does like those heights challenges where you're like, how is this 260 pound guy like not falling on this little ledge? Fessi did that in Big Brother essentially. So he could rock the competition. I mean, I don't know if he could hold up in a final because he's so huge. But competition-wise, the guy should be a monster.
2: Yeah, and it does seem from the trailer of the season, one of the provisions is you have to win a challenge in order to get into the finals. You can't skirt away from an elimination this time. So taking guys that are good and female challengers that are good at the eliminations are probably going to be key. That's why I I was thinking about someone like Casey or Jenny. It's just, like it's going to be so hard to beat them one-on-one in 80% of what the eliminations are that they're kind of a lock to go to the finals. If that's how it ends up holding up.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: All right. Next one is JS. He's $120. What about him?
1: I just watched his season of survivor this week to write my article on him in a day or two. He actually has a lot of potential. Uh, I watched him in his challenges on Survivor, and the guy is—he's wicked smart. He's great at puzzles. He's good with obstacle courses, great balance, and he has this like—he has this fight in him, where he will—you know—he'll throw punches with someone who's fifty pounds heavier than him. The problem is he's about 5'9", 155 pounds. <sighs>
2: I mean, 5'9", um, I mean, 155 is like Wes's size.
1: Yeah, except Wes has like all that history on the show. So that's, that, 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 that's and Wes isn't even good at eliminations anymore because he is that size. Uh, so when you think of a game where they're going to like throw you in because you're a rookie and you have that size, it's just, it's such a huge mountain to overcome. I mean, Kahata was a great competitor. Like in the daily challenges, he would kill all of them. But then he would get a hall brawl type elimination and then there's nothing you could do there.
2: Is Jay the one who used to date Banana's girlfriend?
1: He d- he did, and uh, I think on X on the Beach, he tried to fight with uh, Corey Brooks from Big Brother, who was supposed to be on thirty-one season 31 of the challenge, but was left as an alternate. And Corey had like four inches of height on him, but that actually like gave me a lot of respect for Jay because he was ready just to fight him, man. That guy was, he, he is scrappy, and he has potential. It just, it's just that size they're going to throw him in because of like preconceived notions of weakness
2: all right so he's 120 bucks and the rest of the rookies are all 100 so i'm probably not going to spend 120 bucks to be perfectly honest with you unless he like the entire season boils down to like jay and bananas just fighting the entire time uh, which then he would probably provide a lot of value because anything if you can somehow find the person that bananas is fighting with that person's going to score a lot of points uh is it asif asaf he's we got him at a, we got him at
1: I feel like you should take a bet with someone where like, Hey, uh, if you, if you give me this person, I'll take Asaf on my roster. Cause he's going to be like the first or second guy. out. Asaf is, he has no shot. They had a, they had the are you the one season of the challenge I was like, are you the one second chances? Uh, a few years ago. And Asaf finished in last place in like every challenge. That's <laughs> and this is like, this is bad. like, yeah, if you're the worst person on a game full of are you the one people that Devin is dominating, then you're probably not gonna do well on the challenge. Like he he's a sweet guy, he won Big Brother Israel, a celebrity version or whatever that is, and he's a dancer, but he's not gonna do well on the challenge at all.
2: All right. We have Jennifer at a hundred dollars. She's from Amazing Race. She looks real hot, but that's about the extent of what I know about her.
1: Yeah, the funniest thing with Jennifer is that I tried to do so much research about her and there just really wasn't anything of like actual depth. Uh, the, the Do you know the Eric Andre show at all? The, the what? The Eric Andre show? No. It's a show where the guy, like he just tries to like, you know, bug his guests and he had this segment where it was like hot girls of Instagram being interviewed. And this was like a few years ago and she was one of the girls And they created, they put a song like, oh, you got an STD over her. And like you on that show, people don't always know what they're getting into. And she's just being made fun of the entire time. And all I can tell is that she has an agent who doesn't really know what she's looking for. And they got her on the challenge for cheap somehow. And she's not going to do well.
2: Okay. So not for her. So the last two, I think Rob told me this, these two were a couple. We got Swaggy C. At a hundred dollars, I like that he has the the C next to his name. Like if he was just Swaggy, we would know who he was. Like there's no Swaggy T on the show. And then Bailey, who's apparently his girlfriend, she's a hundred bucks. I was actually considering putting Bailey on my team. I, I wasn't going to, and then people were like, "Yeah, you should put Bailey on your team. Like she's she's better than you think she is." And if she has someone there like in an alliance to begin with, and maybe there's a few big brother people that can band together for a hundred bucks, I can go up to the top and, and get all like the superstars that I want too. So I need someone at a hundred bucks. And I think it might be Bailey for
1: me. Yeah. Take Bailey. Don't take Swaggy. She's five, nine. uh, Was she was miss uh, miss Baylor or something like that, or like not miss Baylor miss Missouri teen USA. So she was like a legitimately really high ranking pageant girl uh on the national level and i i respect the pageant girls because people don't realize how much work it takes <laughs> to be a pageant girl where you have to like get in shape you have to you know learn all these questions memorize all these different things all these little etiquette stuff and it's a type of hard work and mental stamina that you need to go through you know eight hours of modeling type stuff it's not like you know it's not just like posting a photo on Instagram.
2: Yeah, it's true. I, I'm trying to think of the other pageant girl. Like uh Brad's ex-wife, Tori. She was yeah. she, she was a pageant, like pageant Kentucky, something like that, wasn't she?
1: Yeah, and that it's there's a difference between being yeah, like an Instagram bikini girl and being an actual pageant girl. Because that's like a cutthroat competition. And then Bailey, you know, you look at her size, she's five nine. She has a husband who she's gonna be cutthroat to protect. And overall, I just physically She's impressive and she has the mindset to win her husband though. It's not going to work out that well for him. (laughs) The upside, the upside for him is he's six foot four. So, you know, when you're six foot four and you played college basketball, there is this idea of athleticism. I mean, if you play a ball, in, you would think the six foot four basketball player would be pretty good at it. I don't know. I, I could see him being the first out because he is, he is outspoken and he will get targeted early. If, if Swaggy goes out early, it'll be awesome for Bailey. It would remind me of Tori and Derek on dirty 30.
2: I mean, that that's a pretty good, pretty apt comparison. Cause Derek looked like he should have been awesome at the challenge and he was horrendous. Yeah. He, he's a nice guy though. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that's great. Uh, i'm much happier that Tori's with jordan now because i'm a big jordan guy so those are all the new people uh for the challenge so far this season um you released like you you capped it you you made the odds for it so for the female side you had Tori is the favorite two to one ashley plus 250 d plus 450 jenny plus 475 maddie five to one casey five to one kayla Basically, 9 to 1. Bailey, 10 to 1. Jenna and Nani, 12 to 1. Anissa, 15 to 1. Melissa, 25. Big T and Jennifer, 30 to 1. It's hard to say like Tori's a 2 to 1 favorite just because so many random people end up winning this, but I think the biggest shocker here is that Maddie is 5 to 1, and that is somehow worse than D. Like, D, I don't. I know she won last season, but this does seem like an individual game. You put her in a final one-on-one or like one versus one versus one with almost anyone in this cast. I don't think she wins.
1: Oh, I think she's like, she's good at puzzles. She has good endurance. I mean, she just had that one time. She got messed up at the pool. I mean, she killed it with Wes on of the world's one. And what's underrated is that like Wes historically isn't great at the daily challenges and they won the most together. That's a that's a team effort right there. Last season, she was didn't really get a chance to shine, but D is in very good shape. She has really good core strength. She could lift, like what's important about the challenge isn't about how much you could lift, it's about whether you can lift your own amount of body weight. And that's what D can do. Uh puzzles, I mean, that's like really the big thing in recent seasons where if you're not good at puzzles, then you have no shot at winning. And D is awesome at puzzles. So I'm going to take that because she kind of reminds me of Ashley where they're these players who they don't amaze you physically. Like they don't like jump out, but they just keep up enough and then they win when it matters most.
2: See, to me, like, I, I, even though she doesn't play it off that way, just, just watching the season, see her interact with everyone. And even the confessionals, I think Ashley's like sneakily the smartest person on the show.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I consider them both really highly it's when's like the last time we saw like a Nicole Z win a challenge or even a cam it's these people who physically we think should dominate but they just don't for some reason and Dee and Ashley are the two most recent female winners and it's almost like a trend of sorts and before that the recent winner was Cara Maria who it took her years to get over that hump and before that it was Sarah Rice and Sarah Rice is another person who physically like she doesn't jump out to you but she does all the little things right
2: well if i'm thinking about it and it's like a true individual season and we'll see if that ends up sticking out yeah. trying to think about the individual winners because there becomes a thing in an individual competition where no one wants to face the really good people or the really big people like Dual one jody wins and she absolutely yeah. mu- and she's the best physically on that season of everyone uh duel two rachel wins she was the best physically of everyone on that season free agents laurel wins uh, does she win she wins right Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she's the most physically dominant on that season, I think. And Dirty 30 Camilla wins, but that was just really weird with how they did the finals. But, I mean, Camilla probably was the best competitor on that season. Uh, Sneaky underrated in all competitions. She was in awesome shape that season, too. But it does seem like individual seasons, physical prowess does tend to lean a little bit more into it. So you say that Bailey's a bit bigger, like, in terms of height. Uh, and you know, it sounds like she's far more coordinated than someone like Jenna, uh, who has absolutely no chance of winning. So you'd ha- I'd have like Bailey, Casey, Maddie, Jenny, Tori, Ashley, maybe as like the strong competitors to actually like win this thing.
1: Yeah, this season there's like a lot of B plus players, I'd say, and that's like an amazing thing where everyone is at the same area. And it's going to make for a really good competition where someone might leave early. Someone might, you know, shock people and make it to the final. Uh, we, we could have some really weird outcomes this season.
2: Well, uh, you did the odds for the guys, too. You have Jordan as a minus 150 favorite. I mean, it's hard to argue against that with the how dominant that he's been. CT 5-1, to one, West 6-1, to one, same with Bananas. Kyle... 10 fessy 10 nelson 11 rogan 14 j 22 swaggy c 24 same as josh Corey 25 to 1 no respect for my guy bear 25 to 1 he's like in killer shape now
1: i just don't think bear is a good player at all i think he's been really lucky on his time on the challenge he's gotten really good circumstances and the problem with bear is that like physicality is his best skill
0: well, and,
2: his number one skill is being the most entertaining person on this show.
1: Oh, definitely. I'm, I'm just talking about like in terms of the game, um, it's just that's his best skill. And then we saw him get like destroyed by Kyle on something physical on War of the Worlds 2, once uh, War of the Worlds 1, once it became individual. And so he just doesn't have any major strengths that will have him like jump out. And I don't think Bear wants to win either. I don't think he actually cares about winning. He just cares about being on television and getting attention
2: yeah I mean he's he's one of these people that's a great almost like Corey really good fantasy player not good at the real challenge yeah (laughs) I'm trying to think here like Jordan at minus one like I might not take I've never not taken Jordan anytime he's been on a season uh, as he is my favorite person on the show at least from a competition standpoint Uh, so he's won the last three challenges that he's been on but he never does back to back Uh, I can see him just kind of not necessarily like quitting, but not giving a great effort this time around.
1: It's it's tough. I mean, I put him that highly because I look at the rest of the cast and Bananas, CT, and Wes are just, they're all in the decline of their career. You can't argue otherwise, in my opinion. Uh, and then everyone else after that is just deeply flawed. And so Jordan is like younger now than when like CT did the backpack. So it's just, He's in his prime, and he's an all-around player. It, it It's hard to imagine anyone beating him. It seems like a Jody duel situation.
2: It is, but the, you do have the one circumstance of, as we talked about off the top, is if there's a particular elimination that he gets thrown into, he could be at such a massive disadvantage that he just possibly could not win. Like, there's a 20% chance that he gets thrown in. and yeah, maybe the pro- and, maybe, and maybe the producers just won't, if they see that Jordan's up for it, it's like, oh, I guess we can't do... I mean he was in the tug of war, and he ended up winning that anyway. But the one what is the one where you have the uh the cross grip on it? On the X? Uh
1: the, the pole wrestle or the X X something. Yeah. Like, the name every
2: yeah, well like if he gets into that, he it doesn't matter who he faces, he's going to lose Actually he might be Josh with one hand, but that's probably about it. <laughs> <laughs> I like Josh now. I hated Josh for so long, but he really I really he really endeared himself to me last season as it went along. Like I, Now I find it funny when he cries, not like utterly pathetic. And he gives a real good effort in the challenges. He's not highly skilled, but he tries really hard. And that, that's all you can really ask for.
1: Yeah, when I was writing my article about him, I was like, I was like selling myself on Josh as I was writing it. Because the guy has displayed a lot of improvement from day one to now. So if like someone like Corey had improved... Like, half as much as Josh has in, like, one and a half seasons, then, like, Corey would be awesome as a competitor.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there was one challenge last year, I I forget what it was called, but it was one where they had, like, all the blocks, and they had to, there was a whole bunch of stuff, like, hanging over. And they had to pile up the blocks, like, as the team. Someone, I, it was usually Zach who was jumping up on it and grabbing stuff down. But then you had to return all of the blocks that you were standing on back to the base as you got all your stuff. And Josh was just kind of the grunt man. On that one, like he wasn't doing anything in particular, he was just like running back and forth, transferring all the blocks, which was the the most thankless thing you can be doing. But he was just a very good team player when it came down to it. It was just like, yeah, this is what I'm gonna do. This is how I'm gonna help the team. I'm not gonna argue with Zach about being the tall guy that tries to reach everything. Zach is a better athlete than me. We should let him do it. Like it's stuff like that. This is not probably the best format for him, but in a team season, I could see him eventually getting a win.
1: Yeah, when he stands next to someone, that's when you actually get impressed by him because you don't really think of him as this, like, athletic guy. But in that elimination with Jordan, when they sit next to each other, you're like, huh, Josh is, like, 6'2", 200 pounds. I, I just didn't ever consider it until he was literally standing right next to someone going into elimination.
2: Well, how big do we think Jordan is, like, 5'8", five, 5'9"?
1: Five, I'd say he's, like, 5'9", 175. 170? 170. I mean,
2: Five, five. I mean, five nine. I mean, I'm five eight one sixty five. So yeah, he could definitely be. He might be like five nine one eighty because he's like shredded.
1: Yeah, he's good.
2: Yeah, he, he's like he's just such a good athlete. Is the thing that's the really underrated part about Jordan. Like I, he was like an awesome wrestler. He was like a wakeboarder. Like all of the weird not necessarily it's like playing football is a certain skill that you have in a certain type of athlete playing basketball is a certain type of athlete but he's just involved in all these like weird sports which take like odd agility which are perfect for the challenge
1: no yeah when i looked up like his stuff he was supposed to be a pitcher at one point and the detroit tigers were interested and then he had to get tommy john surgery and so he <laughs> quit pitching and then he went to central oklahoma university and he's like oh i'll, uh, I'll, I'll join the football team and he became the backup quarterback for the central Oklahoma football team.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, he just some guys are just natural. It's like Russell Wilson. Some guys are just natural athletes. Just here's the ball. You figure it out. And they do it within like 10 seconds. And they're <laughs> the best at it. Anyway, Alan, tell everyone where they can find you and what you might have coming up once the season starts.
1: So you could follow me on Twitter at the Alan Aguirre. You could probably message me. Cause I don't have a lot going on in quarantine. Uh, <laughs> You could follow me on on Medium. There's a link with like an H the URL, but if you just Google Medium Alan Aguirre, you'll find me. Uh, you can find my stuff on Reddit as RAP Grantland is my username. Uh, then, other than that, stuff I have coming up. I still have more player previews for uh, season thirty-five. I have to write Jordan, Tori, Bananas, Big T, Casey, and J. Still, I think I have to get those in before April first. Uh I have a top 35 women of the challenge list coming up. I have a top 10 failed faces of the challenge list coming up too. And then I have my episode one recap I'm working on right now.
2: Uh You say top 10 failed faces of the challenge.
1: Yeah. People who MTV wanted to be the face of the show. So, so, like so, so,
2: so spoiler alert, Corey is number
1: one. <laughs> I don't, yeah i think he's on the list uh he's definitely one of them
2: (laughs) yeah so i look forward to reading that so again i'll provide the link to alan's uh medium page in the description of this video or podcast if you want to go check that out thank you all for watching i appreciate it i'm pat mayo you can follow me at the pme twitter facebook instagram subscribe to the pat mayo experience audio podcast if you prefer that over the video or just you know download both do that as well smash the like button everything leave a review you can do that as well it would be highly appreciated and of course the fantasy game starts april 1st 8 p.m eastern time on mtv and the fantasy game is on fantasizer you can join the pat mayo experience league in the description of this video or podcast i highly recommend that you do it and then paul and i will be back every i want to say thursday or friday breaking down the latest episode of the challenge so even if you're brand new like i said you got friends to talk about it at least friends to watch talk about it then you can like tweet at us and do whatever anyway i'm pat mayo thank you all for watching i'll see you next time
1: this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes